just getting started. This is South Coast Tonight with Chris McCarthy and Marcus Farrow. They've got you covered on all the news of the day. From local issues to politics on both sides of the aisle. This is the place where the movers and shakers come to be heard. To listen. And where they're held accountable. This is South Coast Tonight on WBSM. All right. It's uh, not Chris McCarthy and Marcus Farrow. It's Jack Spillane filling in for them on South Coast tonight while they do some holiday reveling, um, the WBSM annual Christmas party. I hope they're enjoying themselves. I've been enjoying myself quite a bit. For the first hour, I've had former Mayor Scott Lang as my first guest, and he talked about the very uh, 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 impressive subject of nuclear fusion, a new energy source that may be cleaner than any other previous energy source and make it unnecessary to um, uh, do anything, uh, any kind of oil, gas, wind turbines, anything. We may solve all the world's energy problems with that. Uh, for the second hour, I had Bill Strauss, state, longtime state rep from Mattapoisett, and he talked about a variety of things, including the, um, the, the coming this year, next, this next year, 2023, of South Coast Rail and the celebration for the Freetown Station recently. He also talked about in his own district how Republicans didn't vote until Election Day and um, they were hurting themselves. Even though he's a Democrat, he thinks everybody should vote. And I agree. So hopefully uh, Republicans always used to be good at early voting and mail-in voting and hopefully that they'll return to that. And for this final hour, we're going to take calls and um, we'll, uh, our number is 508-996-0500, 508-996-0500. I have a call on the line I'm going to go to shortly. Um, I thought we would open it up to the, the Ward 3 race. We have a, a very short window for people to get out and choose the next Ward 3 counselor. Ward 3 is often called the Forgotten Ward in New Bedford. It's right in the middle of the city. And um, it's had a succession of, of counselors um, since George Smith left, left 20 years ago. They've had Kathy Dana. They've had Henry Bousquet. They've had um, Hugh Dunn. And now it's open again, and we have seven candidates. And we'll talk about that. But right now, first, I'm going to go to this caller. Uh, because I like callers. You're next on WBSM. <laughs> Hi, Jack. Can you hear me? Yes, I can. And it's my favorite, the person who makes me feel good. <laughs> okay, yep. It's Shawnee calling. Great show. Yep. Very informative. Um, I'm enjoying it. Um, I just wanted to make a couple of comments and ask a question. Okay. Um, on the, um, the rail... Where would the station be downtown? Where is that going to be located? So, you know when you come down Route 18 and right to the left there, there's that Whale's Tooth parking lot? Yes. So it's going to be right in back of the Whale's Tooth parking lot. So the Whale's Tooth parking lot is where people park when they're going to go over to the Nantucket or Martha's Vineyard. And right in back of that, you know where the um, unemployment office is? Right in back of that? Yes. I don't know if you've ever been unemployed. Um, I haven't been while well, I've been down here, but I have in past lives. And um, so right in back of that unemployment office is where the station will be. And if you are at Klasky Common Park, Bill Strauss was saying tonight they're going to uh, construct a, a grand new overpass walkway. And he said it will be quite a grand entrance into the city. So that's where it's going to be. So in other words, that... that um pathway will go right from the station over to Klasky Park? Yes, yes. And so you'll be able to walk. Um, if you were downtown and you didn't want to cross Route 18, all you'd have to do is um, 
I don't know, you could walk or, or take a take cab up to Klasky and then you would just walk over to the train station over this pedestrian bridge, but it's going to be much fancier than any pedestrian bridge we have there now. Um, the other thing is uh, they're going to have another station up on Church Street, which is um, right in back of where those um, plazas are at King's Highway. Uh, it's right on Church Street as you're getting towards um, King's Highway, and so that's going to be the second station in the North End. Yeah, I saw where they were working there. Um, oh, I'm, I'm excited about that. That's going to be great. Yep, yep. Shawnee, I used to say that, that when I got old, um, uh, I would take the train to my medical appointments in Boston. And now now I I am old, and thankfully I don't have too many medical appointments in Boston. But if I, if I need to, that's what I'll do. Yeah, that's a good thing. Um, one other thing I wanted to say, I agree with Scott Lang on the um, ocean, the um, off, offshore wind. Ah. That it would, I think it would disturb um, all the fish, fishing and um, everything, the life, sea life under there. For some reason, I'm just, I'm not, I, I'm, I'm, I'm against it, but how can, what can you do to stop it? Well, you know, the fishermen are very worried about it. They've been been worried about it for for a while. It does seem like it's worked in in Europe, um, but the you know, fishing is our biggest industry, so it is uh, somewhat of a risk to take. But it would be good to have the jobs with um, uh, wind turbine if you can get them. I don't know how many jobs they will come will come. But as, as Scott points out, the the New Bedford land is not as big as some other places. Although we're just tearing down the old. Cannon Street Power Plant, and that'll be a second place. But you know, Scott is a very um, earnest man. He 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 feels his things d- deeply, and he's thought it through. and And this is what he thinks. And and so you you know, the, the fishermen say the same. They they think it's untested. They don't think it's worth the risk. One other question: um, When they take down that building, is um, there, is it going to be? Um, are they going to be tied to having them put the windmills out there or are they just if they if they change their mind will that building will be taken down and it won't cost us um so the plan is to take that building down and they were going to blow it up as you know but then they couldn't blow it up because um the guy arrived um this week and he didn't have any explosives and he didn't have any insurance and for we haven't figured out why they couldn't blow it up. So now Andrew Saunders, who is uh, the point man for Foss um, Marine, the company that owns that land now, says that they're going to tear it down. And if you've been down there lately, they've, they've, they've hollowed out all the windows. It's, it's almost like a skeleton, you know, with the steel girders standing. A lot of the bricks are gone. And they're going to tear that down. And then when they take it all away, they're going to make it really flat, shining, and and it will be a place to store the big, component parts of the turbines you know those turbines are like a skyscraper they're very very big and so they need a lot of land to store them so it's going to be a big flat land there'll be one little corner of it that has um a place for fishing boats to come in to do what they call roll on roll off where you'll be able to go down to the waterfront and buy your fish right off the boat if you want to do that that might be nice for the tourists but um the plan is that that in the South Terminal, which they built a few years ago down by the Hurricane Barrier, those two places is where those big white, if you've ever seen the, the Fairhaven turbines, you know how they have those big blades and, yeah. and the big long tower? So that, all that stuff for the turbines that are going to be built 
off of Martha's Vineyard have to be stored somewhere and before they, they're hauled out to sea. And that's the purpose of that, what they're going to use that land for. Oh, okay. Uh, so uh, are you for it or against it? Well, you know, I, I, I think I'm for it. I, I, I understand Scott's points, but I also think that, you know, we, we need to do something. We need to bring more industry so we can bring more tax revenue into New Bedford. So many of the mills have closed that we really need to do something. They're trying to get that new uh, industrial park up at the golf course, part of the golf course. So I, I think I'm for it. You know, I, I, I mean, I think Scott makes a, a legitimate point that it could, um, you know, do damage to, to what is our number one industry. And we have far more jobs associated with fishing, whether there'll be as many jobs associated with wind. So I think it is a bit of a chance, but, you know, we really um, have to try something. And, and wind turbines does seem to be the... Um, wave of the future. I don't think nuclear fusion will be ready for another five, ten years at the at the at the least. Um if we don't try it, Rhode Island's gonna take it, Fall River, Salem up in the North Shore. Why why shouldn't we try to get part of it? Okay. I just wanna wish you a happy holiday and healthy holiday and a blessed one. Well I wanna wish you the same Shawnee and I wanna thank you very much for calling because as you know I'm a little bit nervous doing this and um it's good to have callers <laughs> and it's good to have someone that cares enough to, to, to call and, and have a good discussion with me. So have a Merry Christmas and a, a happy holiday, Shawnee. You you're doing great. Okay, I'll talk to you later. Okay. Thank you. Call next time. Good night. Okay. Bye bye. So that was Shawneen, uh, who knows that I'm new at this, and uh, she's been kind enough to to call in and and talk to me every time I'm on, and and I really appreciate it. And she she you know she asks good questions about the um the where the commuter stations are going to be and what they're going to use this land for. Uh, they're questions that I think a lot of people don't don't know. So uh, it's good. So. As I, as I said, one of the topics I wanted to talk about, and I don't know if any of the Ward 3 candidates are listening, but they're welcome to call in if they want to. Um, uh, uh, I wanted to talk a little bit about that Ward 3 race. I've been covering it a little bit in the early stages with the, um, uh, the, the concerns that some people had raised about the residency uh, uh, of Jacob Ventura. Uh, I, I don't think that's the most important issue in the race, but it is something that, that people, you know, want to ask about, but there are lots of other things going on in that Ward 3 race. Um, people have raised the issue of how is the Hicks slogan going to be developed? How is the Advanced Manufacturing Campus going to be developed? And those are both in Ward 3, and the Advanced Manufacturing Campus could uh, lead to a lot of um, uh, traffic. Um, constituent services, people feel neglected a little bit in that ward, so um, I think it's going to be interesting. Um uh, before I go to this call, I just want to name the um, the candidates in that race. Uh, 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 we have a gentleman named Bob Cabral, Bob Bromley, Jacob Ventura, as I mentioned, former Ward 3 Councilor Kathy Dana, John F. Robinson, and Carmen Amaral. So uh, those are the people you're going to be hearing from. But I'm, I'm going to go to this caller. You're on WBSM with Jack Spillane filling Hi. in for Chris and Marcus. Hi, good evening, Jack. Hi. Jack, it was interesting to hear the former Mayor Lang uh, come out against the uh, windmill uh, project. Um, I know uh, I've been watching TV, and I, I don't know if you've watched Cheryl Atkinson. Uh, she has a show on. In the, I have seen her, yeah. Yeah, Sunday mornings, and uh, sometimes it comes on late at Sunday nights, too, as well. They repeat what you get on Sunday mornings. If you don't get it, then you get it uh, the other time. 
she had a program in which uh, um, she uh, had some people talk against the uh, windmills, okay, over in Europe. And there was some uh, German people she talked to as well. Uh, and that's and they said that they're actually getting away from it, uh, that it didn't work out, and uh, that uh, they they were actually I think in many cases using some uh, of the old you know uh, polluting um, coal and stuff uh, uh, to replace the thing. I, I think you got to remember too that we had this windmill thing out in the uh, in Texas there, and I don't know if they've ever solved that problem, but it was a real cold. Uh, uh, winter, and, oh, right. uh, and yeah. things froze up, and uh, what do we have here but real cold winters, and uh, so, uh, you know, I'm wondering, you know, since the former mayor seems to be uh, very much against it because he's afraid it's going to hurt the uh, fishing industry, uh, I wonder if this is really the right way to go. Yeah, and, uh, former Mayor Lang is a smart man. He he feels things deeply. Um, he's not afraid to take a position that some might think is is unpopular. Uh, you know, there are a lot of people who are worried about the fishery because it hasn't been tried before. I, yeah. I will say that I think um, I know Mayor Mitchell and um, before him um, some of the other. Uh, uh, well, maybe not. Maybe he's the only one. I mm-hmm. thought. Mayor Lang might have gone, but maybe not. Uh, mm-hmm. Some of the officials have gone over to Germany mm-hmm. and to um, uh, Denmark, Denmark here, and yeah. um, looked into the turbines that were built over there. And I, I, I have to say, my, my understanding is that some of them have been successful. I, it's hard to imagine that they would be wanting to build um, more if they hadn't been. You know, if you go out west... Um, you see um, turbines everywhere um, on the land um, uh, in the Great Plains. and I, I know, and they had a problem uh, with the cold and freezing up, and there was a yeah. shutdown and everything. So but wasn't uh, that, maybe what, this is, oh, and with this fusion thing coming in, maybe this is something you should proceed with caution with about. Uh, uh, so, uh, you know, uh, again, if you ever get a chance, you can call it up, because sometimes I've missed the show and I call it up on my uh, my my cell phone. Cheryl Atkinson, and they got, I think they got all the programs there, and you could watch it and get your own uh, opinions on that. Um, I, I would like to say, though, that, that, that you, you mentioned the, the problems they had with the freezing temperatures mm-hmm. in Texas. My, mm-hmm. my understanding is that they did not allow um, the uh, other, they did not regulate the industry there so that in, in situations where the grid was um, stressed, that they could bring in oil and gas and other means, that, that, that they, they were just limiting that. Mm-hmm. They're saying we're, we're only going to depend on these turbines mm-hmm. and we're not going to um, have flexibility in emergencies when, when the need for energy spikes, either mm-hmm. it's very cold or very hot. Mm-hmm. And that it was because that they had failed to regulate was my understanding as mm-hmm. to why mm-hmm. um, they were in that crisis. But I know that the other side argued that no, it was that they were too dependent on the turbines. But the reality of it is I'm not exactly clear on. Mm-hmm. Well, again, if you get a chance, I would watch the show. And uh, th- again, the people that in Europe that went for it, I believe they were also in Denmark, too. And uh, I think that's the company that they were supposed to get involved with was in Denmark to help bring the uh, turbines here. Yeah. Uh, they, they, they were moving away from it. And uh, that should be explored before they... Uh, you know, go into this. The other thing I don't understand is that the land down there, that land was Eversource land, okay? And all of a sudden from Eversource, it goes someplace else, and and now we're talking about it as if the land is uh, City of New Bedford land. Uh, 
do you know what's the chain of custody there how that that land moved uh, around there i'm not sure yeah i i don't believe that it is city of new bedford land now i i, I think that the city had right of first refusal mm -hmm. when um Eversource was going to sell it. Of course, the city buying that kind of huge piece of property would be very expensive mm -hmm. for the taxpayers, and they didn't. I believe the city came to an agreement with um, the group led by Andrew Saunders, who was a local guy, mm -hmm. and he put together, I think there were four partners, and they purchased the land, and then they promptly um, sold it uh, to Foss Marine, which is a West Coast energy company, mm -hmm. um, um, a, 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 fast, a marine company, mm -hmm. and um, they are the owners of the land, and Andrew has gone to work for them now. Mm -hmm. So I think that the city has some... Andrew came to an agreement um, to uh, slice off a small portion of it where there was a historic building that the city wanted to preserve, mm -hmm. um, and I think do some other things with that building that is over near the um, the new hotel that they built over there, the uh, uh I forget the Marriott Suites, and um, but that it is private in the hands of private property, Foss Marine. Mm -hmm. Well, again, uh, you know, since it is in the hands, and I know Eversource had, I thought there was some pollution issues down there too, as well. When Eversource had it, I would hope that the city is getting its uh, its you know um, its tax revenue off this uh, entity. And maybe we haven't granted them some sort of TIF or something that, because again, it's a big piece of land down there that they're dealing with. Yeah, well, is, is the, that the, the area too that years ago they were going to think about putting a uh, a an aquarium down in that area? Yeah, like, yeah, aquarium yeah. and a casino. Yeah. Mayor yeah, I, was I, pointing out that the beauty, the, the 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 great part about them tearing this down is. The one thing he likes about the wind plan is that they're going to get rid of this building, which is very contaminated and polluted, mm. asbestos and everything else. Mm. And, you know, Andrew's company is going to take that away and mm. clean it up. Mm. And even if the wind turbine business never comes, it'll mm. be cleaned up. Mm. Well, again, I remember when they were talking about putting the uh, aquarium down there, and I remember the late Peter Barney said, well, you know, there's only so much you can do with fish, you yeah. know. <laughs> well, listen, you're a good caller, and I enjoy talking All to you, right, but I'm yes, late for a commercial Jeff, break, and I'm going to get in trouble if I don't do it, so I'm going to go to that now. Okay, call bye -bye. again. Yep, bye-bye. Okay. folk music to, to bump us in. Um, that's the Kingston Trio with uh, We Have All the Flowers Gone. Uh, I thought it would be nice to, as we get deep into the night, to have something a little softer. Um, boy, I've had a great time tonight. Uh, the calls have been great. The um, the guests have been great. This is Jack Spillane from the New Bedford Light. I'm filling in for Chris McCarthy and Marcus Farrow, the uh, Politico's par excellence of South Coast Tonight. Uh They've been partying tonight and having a good time, and, and I'm here to to hold the station for them. Anyway, we're going to go to the next caller. Uh, uh, we've been talking a little bit about various things, um, and we'll see what this caller has to say. You're on WBSM with Jack Spillane. Hey, good evening. How are you? Good. 
Um, you're talking, I'm not trying to start lagging or anything, but I, I know this from experience. Um, you're talking about how wonderful it's going to be when the uh, commuter rail comes down here, but you're not looking at the consequences that people are going to pay for it, too. So what do you think are some of the consequences? The rents are going up, they're already going up, but the rents are going to go up, taxes are going to go up. Um... It'll be nice to have a train to go to Boston. It's going to take about 95 minutes, I believe. Yeah, it's, kind of, uh, it's, I, I, it's I think those are legitimate points. Um, there's, there's, there's no doubt that rents have already begun to go up just in anticipation of the train. And, yeah. you know, housing prices are going to go up. It, like you say, it will be nice to be able to get to Boston on the train. But, you know, for every action, there is a reaction. I guess we could say don't build it because... You know, this is where we live, and we we want to be able to afford to live here. But do you really want to be long term the um, the poorest part of the state, where 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 you know there really aren't that many great jobs? And- well, you got all the poor cities of commuter rail too, like Lowell, Brockton, Lawrence. Oh, I can name a whole bunch of uh, yep. cities that are in the same category with New Bedford that already have the commuter rail in it doesn't really make that much of a difference it helps but it doesn't it's not it's just going to raise the cost of everything is what it's going to do so if you if if it was left up to you would you say thank you no thank you i voted against it because i've already lived in places and have seen what the commuter rail's done to those areas yeah so i'm no stranger to the commuter rails being put in yep Yep. Well, I, I, you know, I, I can't, I can't say that your argument about things getting more expensive. There's no denying that. You know, so I, I would be lying if I said that that wasn't true. I, I think that on the other hand, people say it will be good to have that convenience to be able to get to Boston. It will be good because some people from the Boston area will come down for the more affordable prices here. Then maybe they won't be more affordable anymore. But yeah, they got the prices are just going to go up. Um, well, that's what I'm just trying to point out. It's not that it's not that I'm necessarily against the commuter rail either. It's just the consequences behind it are going to be expensive. Yeah. So, so would, would you support something like rent control or something to try to help? Absolutely, uh, I'm 100 percent for rent control. Massachusetts should be trying. They've said it several times that they were going to try to bring rent control back. They talk about it for a couple of months, and they stop talking about it. You don't hear about it again for two to five years, and they talk about it again for a little while and stop. Yeah, when I was in college in Boston, they had rent control, and and, um, it did keep the the rents um, more affordable. I think that the landlord sometimes um, objected because... uh, you know, they didn't really. You do have to raise the rent somewhat because there is inflation in all, and the the landlord's well, costs go up. And I think that they felt we, that sometimes that those we, rent control departments they didn't raise it often well, enough. Sorry but, to talk over you, but when we had rent control, which they got rid of in 1994, very close float. I was only in Boston, Cambridge, and I think was Worcester. So it was only in three cities. Yep. But they had it for a long time, and then people got cocky and figured out oh, they're never going to take it from us. And there's no way they can do it, and they finally did it. It was by a slow margin. And since they've lost it, they've never got it back on the ballot. 
So somebody's keeping it from getting back on the ballot. They start talking about it again, and it, it disappears from. Now, you, you see, Mike, you know a lot about this issue. Uh, is my recollection is that it was the voters who voted it out. Is, is that correct? No, it was actually the landlords who voted it out. Um, it was two o'clock, like two o'clock in the morning, and it was both um, tenants and landlords. And a lot of the tenants didn't show up. Well, was and it was it a, a city council vote or was it? A, I thought it was a state election. It was, I believe it was. I believe we actually the first place it went down was in Cambridge, and two of the biggest allies behind it. One person was in jail. The other person was the mayor who was in some trouble of Cambridge at that time. That was the start of a Cambridge get whacked first, then they whacked Boston, then Worcester, I think, was the last to get whacked. But it pretty much happened bang, bang, bang in one night. Well, you know, you know that there are some um, uh, new officials on the scene that are more friendly to um, housing needs. I know Councilor at large Shane Burgo has been talking about you know the need for more affordable housing, and the city just hired Josh Amaral from Pace to be the new yeah. um, community housing director. So there are some people talking about the problem of affordable housing in the city. Yeah, but I still don't think they're doing enough. They're talking about it, but they're not. You, you can talk all you want until you take action and organize. Nothing's going to get done. You can't be a lone wolf and expect to get anything done. You have to organize. That's how they get rent control there originally, because people in Boston, Cambridge, and Worcester organized and got rent control. Yeah. Are you familiar with um, Molly and Pollock's group, the Coalition for Social Justice? No, I'm not. Yeah, so there is a progressive group down here, uh, the Coalition for Social Justice. Um, Molly and Pollock, who is a, a retired Bristol Community College professor and some others are involved with it. And they have been active on a number of social issues. They were active in fighting the charter school movement. They were active in um, uh, trying to, um, at one point, they wanted to try to expand the school committee. Um, they've also been, they've been active in, uh, they're very active in the um, sheriff's race. Uh, some of them went over to the um, uh, the group uh, Bristol County for Correctional Justice. So there are yeah. some progressive groups that, that might be willing to organize that. Well, until somebody comes up with something, I'm not getting in the middle of it. Yeah. I, I don't have, I have my, I have knowledge, but I don't have enough knowledge to start something. Like it's, yeah. Are you in circumstances, I don't mean to pry, but are you in circumstances where your rent is, are, are, you, are you able to afford it so far? What, afford rent? Yeah. I barely get by. Yeah, yeah, and I think a lot of people are in that situation. A lot of people in that situation. Well, I, I, I really hope that the city will do something and that, that you know, people like Councilor Burgo and uh, well, Mr. Amaral will come up with some programs that... Well, people have got to, people have got to get together, and that's the problem. People don't want to get together and fight. This is why... We lose things all the time because people, people, look, look with that Roe versus Wade thing. All right. The women thought for years, oh, they'll never take it from us. They never can take it from us. So they end up taking that away from them. And now they're just, they're, they're complaining, but they're not doing anything about it. You don't see them out there protesting and going, they're not really doing anything but complaining whining, crying like little babies. I mean, that's not yeah. 
Well, we did. We did have some protests at the beginning of summer, right after the um, decision came down. They were out there at the federal building, uh, the Hastings Keith building, for I think they did it maybe five or six weeks in a row. A a women's group uh, was protesting. But you're right; it it has died down. You know, people are living their lives. It's hard for them to um, to to keep paying attention. You're right. You know that. But but really, this is America. We have the right to organize, and you know, uh, when it comes to something. Stupid, like um, for instance, transgenders going in the woman's room. Man, they'll fight tooth and nail over that. Well, I think it's a different. I, I think it's a different group it's of people different. that are fighting against transgender um, rights. In other words, uh, people who are more socially, culturally conservative are fighting on that. People who are more um, socially and uh, liberal on financial issues are fighting for. Rent control or abortion yeah. rights. Uh, uh, I think oh, I the two- understand the different issues. I'm just saying that, like, what's more important, the economy or transgenders getting into the ladies' room? Oh, I see. You're saying people are are, are concentrating on um, stupid things, some things that are not as important. Well, that's yes. a matter of opinion. If you if you're transgender, I think that would be the most important thing to you. And a lot of people who are transgender have been discriminated against forever. You know, and so they, well, just, I don't think they should be discriminated against or anything like that. But I just think there's more important things we need to be worrying about than um, bathrooms. Well, I, I I I take your point that maybe something like housing affects more people, but I do think that if you are a minority and you're in a group that has been subject to harassment and and denial of of, of, of access, then, then, then that's the important issue to you. If, if you really feel that you are a, a, a woman trapped in a man's body or a man trapped in a woman's body, uh, you, you really want to, to go into the restroom where you feel comfortable. So that, that issue is important to you. Yeah, well, I remember in the 90s, they were coming out with, um, I guess they call them transgender bathrooms and unisex bathrooms. And that seemed to be what they were aiming for and then all of a sudden the past couple of years or so it's been they've been wanting to go on the women's room so i don't know yeah well they say in europe that most of the bathrooms are unisex in other words yeah anybody just goes in and uses them so so maybe that's the 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 way to go but but um i appreciate you calling i'm gonna have to go to a break but you bring up good points especially on the the rent control and i i hope you'll call again all right, great talking to you okay, tonight. Great, great talking to you, too. All right, this is Jack Spillane filling in for Marcus Farrow and Chris McCarthy on South Coast tonight. We're going to go to a break uh, and uh, play some commercials and, as they say in the business, pay some bills. 1420 WBSM is now also on 99.5 FM. I never write re- Get breaking news alerts, stream audio, send us text messages, and get live traffic and weather updates all on the WBSM app. Download it now from your app store or at WBSM.com. Don't it always seem to go that you don't know what you've got till it's gone? It needs paradise, put up a parking lot. Jack Spillane back filling in for Chris McCarthy and Marcus Farrow on South Coast tonight. A little bit of Joni Mitchell to um, 
remind us that we all appreciate what we have until we don't have it anymore. And the last caller was talking about, yeah, you may want commuter rail to come here, but get ready for the higher rents, the higher mortgages, and maybe you won't like it quite as much as as you thought you would like it. Uh, We've been talking about all kinds of things tonight. We had Scott Lang on the first hour, then Bill Strauss the second hour. This this hour we talked mostly about housing prices for some reason, but we have a caller on the line. Let's, Let's see what he has to say or she has to say. You're next on WBSM with Jack Spillane. Good afternoon, Mr. Good evening, Mr. Spillane. How are you? Fine. How are you? Good. Good. On the uh, the rent control, yeah, rent control might be a good thing. What I really want to see, though, is gas gasoline prices control. Gasoline is essential to us, just as housing is essential to us. But we have no control over the price on, on gasoline. Yeah, I think it- we should put a... Huh? And, and, and it's funny because is aren't gas prices set by an international cartel so that, that America doesn't even have complete control over what the prices will be? That's why I, I don't know. I, fill, fill me in. Hello? I said, I said, I don't know. Fill me in. Yeah. So my understanding is that there is a cartel that, 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 that's a, that sets oil and gas prices in that, that you know, the United States really doesn't have complete and out of control over them. For instance, the um, the war in Ukraine and and the, the decision by Saudi Arabia and Russia to um, uh, to lift the cap on on oil and gas prices has has pushed the prices up um, in this country. And I've never quite understood that because uh, you know we have our own oil and gas. You can say that the Democrats are not uh, allowing us to drill enough of it, but we still have our own. And and so it, it is. Um, we do have to import some of it, so it is interesting that we don't have complete control of it. At least that's my understanding. Yeah. So uh, I think I think what we're seeing there is maybe the the uh, uh, the gas and oil companies uh, charge what what the market will be. I know there's a distinction between the price of uh, Brent crude and then uh, or they call it uh, sweet sweet oil or something, and that comes out of. Uh, Come on, they they distinguish between uh, the oil that comes out of there's different prices for the oil that comes out of uh, the North Sea, for example, and then Saudi Arabia, and then uh, the United States. They sell for different rates. They're they're more or less in the ballpark, but I believe they sell for different rates. <clears throat> but I think we should, if you're going to put a cap on the amount of money that a landlord can raise his rent, then you should put also put a cap cap on gasoline prices at the pump. Or well, even rest, even restaurant, even restaurant prices. Are you restaurant serious that you put a cap on restaurant prices? Oh yeah. Well, yeah. I, I don't know. Yeah. This is a free I, I enterprise. I went to a restaurant these days, and well, it, it's I, I, phenomenal. <laughs> I think the other day I went to a, a just a medium restaurant, and I ordered a, a hamburger, a French fry, and and a glass of water, and it came out to down near fifteen dollars. I think. Well, I, I got to tell you, I don't know whether you're serious or not, but I, and I'm a, a fairly progressive guy, but I, 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 this is a capitalist system. That's the system we have. And I don't know that having a cap on restaurant prices um, is necessarily the way to go. Already waiters and waitresses and, and some of the cooks are, are underpaid. Uh, I, I, I don't know. Um, uh, you know, rent, housing is a basic commodity and there there is a history of having rent control. I don't know of any history of having um, a price control on um, uh, 
gasoline or, or, or restaurant prices. You'd have to convince me on, on, on that. I mean, certainly gasoline prices are a, uh, a problem now and they, and they do need to uh, find a way to, to get them out under control, whether that's international negotiations or whether it's uh, drilling more ourselves or, or, or whether it's um, going to more electric cars. There are different things, but I, you know, I'm not sure what the answer is, but um, I, I, I think that, that people see, uh, uh, obviously, if you put a control on restaurant prices, the margin is so thin there to begin with, their costs increase. What you're going to end up with is less restaurants. They're going to go out of business. Yeah. They can't provide the service. They can't provide the service if their costs go up and they can't raise prices accordingly. Right. It's a low and margin business. Restaurants are, are well. to begin with. Yeah. What's yeah. I, I, I can't see how that would ever work out. And I, you know, I, I do, I do get. If, if your point is that. Where are we going to stop if we're going to do rent control? But I, I, I would say that, that maybe there's a form of rent control that they could set it at a fair price that was affordable and also fair to the landlords and have a, 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 a an annual increase for inflation so that it doesn't – I think when rent control was there before, it was very hard – to get increases for the landlords, and that might not have been fair, but they raise they raise the uh, they 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 cap the amount of money that a landlord <clears throat> can raise for the rent, but they don't cap the expenses that come in on the left. On the right hand side, you have the uh, the cost that the landlord needs to cover needs to charge to make a profit and yeah. keep his business going. On the left hand side, you have the cost. There's no attention paid whatsoever to the cost. They can cap the price that he can charge. They need to cap as well the price of the cost. And one of the costs to come into the landlord <clears throat> are uh, uh, at least uh, city tax rates. Now the city will, the city will say, yes, we're going to tax, we're, we're going to uh, stop those bad landlords, my friends, and we're going to keep them from raising your rent. But you know what? We're going to increase their taxes. We're going yeah. we're gonna, to we're gonna, we're gonna take more money out of them. Yeah. Well, these are interesting the points, thing. but I have got to go to a break or I'm going to be in okay. trouble for not running my commercials, but they're <laughs> yeah, all worth considering. Yep. Thanks for calling. You're welcome. Yep. Bye-bye. Yep. Bye. WBSM is hosting